some proud parents back there. Uh, it is just so much fun this weekend to uh, have been able to spend time with all of our students at Fine Arts Festival. Uh, it cannot get better than that. And before we jump into the word this morning, uh, Ken and Karen Hibbert are here. Can you guys come up here real fast? Would you be able to join me real quick up here? Uh, they love this. They love to come up in front of people. Uh, but they started an amazing ministry, our Radiant Care team using the Stephen uh, ministry curriculum. And I don't know what the final total was, way, way, way more than a thousand hours of personal care that they were able to give uh, through them and through uh, the, their team. And we just want to say thank you to you guys. Uh, they've retired too far away from the church. So they're on the other side, uh, way on the other side of town and at a, a new church over there. But we are so blessed by you both, by what you did. I know there's tons of people in this congregation and there'll be more from the, the legacy of what you have left that have been blessed by you, encouraged by you. And in fact, today, there's a, a group of Radiant Care members that are going to be getting together and they're going to be giving you a gift and celebrating you uh, in that environment as well. Uh, but we are really believing that at Radiant Life Church, we want to care for people, right? That's what we want to do. That's what the church is all about. And if you want to be a part of Radiant Care team, Pastor Braden, uh, he is starting a, just a ministry that will include this. Pastor Kay, that's going to be a part, figuring out how we do it the best. But we would love to have you jump in. And once again, thank you for kicking it off, for making it happen. Thousands and thousands of personal hours that you oversaw in this ministry and uh, thousands of hours through the ministry and the team of people that uh, served with you that blessed this church. So we, we love you guys. We're so thankful and uh, pray that you are just blessed in all you do in your retirement years here. And uh, anytime you can make it over on this side, we'd love to have you. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor David. What a great job. Can we just thank our youth pastor? He worked so hard along with his wife, Bethany, and uh, we are blessed. And I'll tell you what, they do not just kind of get into the Bible a little bit. They get into the Word. They talk about the Word, and they pour themselves into it, and that is such a blessing, I know, to me and my children. And uh, you can know that when your kids come to youth group, they're learning the Word of God. And nothing is more important than that. Well, we are right in the middle of our Holy Spirit uh, sermon series. Last, uh, last week talked about prayer. This morning we want to talk about baptism. But when I think of baptism, it's not only the act of going down in water. Maybe you're new to church uh, and don't know what that is. Right over here we've got a baptism tank. Uh, I like to call it our baptism hot tub. Because in a couple weeks when we have our baptism Sunday, it's going to be hot. The water is going to be warm. In fact, you might want to be baptized just because you're cool and you want to jump into some hot water. Like it would be a good, good morning. But this morning we're going to look at that. But baptism has way less to do with water and actually going under the water because that doesn't really do anything. That's not the point of baptism. But way more about our identity and who we are in Jesus. You're not saved through baptism. You don't get some great blessing through baptism. But it is a, a response to what God has called us to do, to be obedient to him and to tell the world, Jesus has changed my life. Jesus, I've given my life to him and I walk with him. And to let everybody around you know what he's done in your life. 
You're saying my identity is not in who I am or what I think or what I want to do, but my identity is in Jesus. And this morning when we think of our identity and we think of the Holy Spirit, there's something that is so vitally important to realize. That the Holy Spirit is not just a a person, a a part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We'd call the Trinity. Uh, That's just there and and that's like some spirit or we used to say the Holy Ghost. How many of you were in church when we would say the Holy Ghost? Your church? Any? There we go. Right here. That's like the section, the Holy Ghost section. It must be like really spirit spirit empowered back there. Uh, But the Holy Spirit, not like, oh, we're not sure what that means. Uh, what, What does that look like? No, the Holy Spirit is here, and when you give your life to Him, He's with you, walks with you, leads you, directs you. That's why when we think and preach on the Holy Spirit, and we preach on prayer, the Holy Spirit is going to guide your prayer. It's not you coming up with some great thing. Last week, talking about the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will give you a prayer language we're going to pray for here later in this month. And into June, asking God, would you give me this prayer language, what, what you would speak? Acts chapter 2, would you pour yourself out in my life? And not just to be there, Jesus, uh, we, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit descended as a dove, or like a dove, upon Jesus. Confirmed in John, in his mind, who Jesus was. But more than just a moment is the Holy Spirit leads and guides and walk with you every step of the way. And there's going to be a special moment. In fact, many in this room that have been baptized in the past, most would be able to remember that moment or that, that experience, would be able to say, oh, it was so cool or it was fun. Or maybe you'd remember it because the water was super freezing cold. So again, unlike ours is going to be, unless Pastor Brian and I forget to turn it on, in which case it'll be a little bit chilly, right? Like it's going to be a good, good morning. But there's more. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with us and guide us and direct us. The Holy Spirit is involved in every facet of our spiritual life. And especially this morning, our identity. What that baptism represents. We think of this baptized. I think there's some things that just jump out at us that we would know or that, that would, maybe we would realize in the moment. We might realize the full, or more fully the cleansing work of Jesus. Anybody thankful for water and a shower, maybe a bath, that, right? The cleansing of us. There, there's a portion of that, that that shows us and reminds us. Matthew 28, 19, we're going to look at it in a little bit, but there's a command. We get to obey the command of Jesus to do what he's called us to do. We get to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as we go down in the water of baptism. It reminds us of what he's done in our hearts. And this morning, we're going to take the next few minutes and look at John's identity. Look at who he was. We're going to look at Jesus and his identity, and we're going to close that out by what is our identity. Who are we? What are you all about? What's this look like in your life of walking with Jesus and being baptized? The old person being dead and the new alive. We're going to jump in this morning at John 1, 19 and uh, see what it is this morning that we would be able to learn from this portion of Scripture. It says, and this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. 
And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, verse 24, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. And I find it so interesting in this portion of scripture because the Pharisees come and they want to ask the question, who are you? Right? Are you Moses? Are, are, I mean, are you Elijah? Right? Are you the Messiah? Who are you? Are you a prophet? And each one of them, he specifically answers, no, I am not. I am not the prophet. I am not Elijah. I'm not the Messiah. He, he knew who he was not. And when we look at our life and we look at the identity that God would have for us, there's something just foundational to realize who we're not. If you did not know in the house, you are not God. Okay, we got that cleared up. Let's be sure. The big takeaway, you're not God. But you know what that means? I appreciate whoever that big amen, I like it. You're, you're right on. You know what that means? That when we ask God for what we want, and we ask God to do it our way. Anybody in the room think that you, I mean, you wouldn't raise your hand for this, but you think you could do it maybe a little better. Like, Lord, if you just do this and heal here and fix this, and I've asked, like, I don't understand. Like, we want it to be the way we want it to be. And is it possible that when I understand God, you are God. I am not. I'm not even Elijah. I'm not even a prophet. I, I'm just me. That there's something powerful to realize God is God. There's something powerful to be able to submit and put myself under him and say, God, now you move, you speak, you show me who I am. There's something powerful because if not, the rest of our life, our spiritual walk is going to be a challenge because God's supposed to do it like I want it to be. And that is not what the Bible would say. It is not what the Bible would say. So Lord, help us understand I'm going to be who you have called me to be and I am not Elijah, I'm not the prophet. I am not God. So I can submit myself to you and watch you blow my expectations because you're bigger and better and your plan is better. I might have to have more patience than if you do it my way. I might have to submit a little longer. I might have to let you work out your plan. But he's got it. He's got it. And in the end, it's going to be way better than what we could do on our own. But when we think about what he's not, he also knew who he was. He says he's one crying out in the wilderness. He's preparing the way of the Lord. Now that is a pretty big deal. That's a pretty cool thing. Now, wait, but when you think of the wilderness, nobody, probably in this room, actually there's a few of you, you like to do like wilderness stuff and hiking and doing crazy stuff out in the middle of nowhere, uh, which is awesome. But pretty much nobody in the room wants to be in the wilderness when it's the Bible, what it's saying. That means you're wondering. That means you're out in the middle of nowhere. That means you might not know where you are. That means there's confusion. That means it's like, where am I? You think of the children of Israel 
They left Egypt, and what did they do? They sinned, and because of their sin, they had to wander around for 40 years in the wilderness. That's not where you want to be. But John says, I'm here to prepare the way of the the Lord. I'm here in the wilderness crying out. I'm here to call people to repentance. I'm here to prepare the way. And when I understand I am not God, therefore, praise God, all the pressure's off. I don't have to have the anxiety of being God in my life. I don't have to have the worry of being God in my life because it's not me and what I am and who I am anyways. It's all about him then I can all of a sudden step back and say, who am I? I'm just trying to figure out what in the world's going on. I'm just trying to proclaim what Jesus would proclaim one step at a time. I'm trying to let the word of God be real in my life. That's it. I don't really have to do much more than that. And when John did what God had called him to do, to go in the wilderness and to proclaim the goodness of God, his identity, then what happens? He has the opportunity to proclaim the way of the Lord. He has the opportunity to baptize the Messiah. It wasn't that he's like, oh, I'm just wandering in the wilderness. No, no, no. The people were wandering in the wilderness. He was proclaiming to the people in their spirit, wandering in the wilderness. And Jesus comes and does a mighty work. And what a crazy story that Jesus would come to John. Jesus would come and have him baptize him to be the model for us. This is a big, big deal. And in their day, it's even maybe, we could say a lot bigger deal because you didn't get baptized in the way that we do today. You got baptized if you were a Gentile and you were converting to Judaism. You got baptized from what they would have despised as a Gentile, an outsider, to come into the family. And if you were a Jew, you did not get baptized because that means you're telling everyone that you're not a part of the family and you're coming into the family where that's, that's your heritage, that's who you are. It would be degrading and demeaning for a Jew to be baptized into what they already are. It wouldn't make any sense. And so for John to come and to say, let's be baptized, come, let's, let's, we're waiting on the one, the creator, the, the Messiah. This is a big deal in the spiritual culture of their day. This was huge, but he knew he wasn't God. He knew who he was. He could rest in who God was in his life and just fulfill the call that God had put on his life. John's water baptism was a preparatory act of humility and repentance, preparing people to accept the future Messiah. What a job. How awesome is that? What faith it must have taken for what he could not see to happen. He fulfilled what God had told him to do. Paul instructed the Roman church, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given you. And John knew who he was not. And that one much greater was coming. And today... Let us be a people that submit all we are. I know who I'm not. And you know, when I was thinking and, and just kind of praying, let this you know, just come, uh, come and saturate my heart. Another way to look at not, or knowing who we're not is, uh, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but how many of us, we think about the things we've done or the places we've been or the situations of our past, and we call out those things as who we are. We call out, maybe in the room, oh, maybe you'd say, I'm an anxious person, or I'm a fearful person. 
Or I just hate spiders. I'm scared of spiders. Like a, a funny thing to a really serious thing. Or maybe there's a sin element of our life that we just struggle with. And we would actually call ourselves, I'm just an anxious person or a, feel for, feel for, a fearful person. I just struggle with anxiety. That's just part of who I am. And I want to just proclaim something this morning. That's not God's voice. That's not God's word for you. And you have to know who you are not. You are not an anxious person. You're not a fearful person. Don't take that upon yourself. But come and give the identity that God has for you. We don't need that. And then when you walk through a situation where maybe some anxiety or fear starts to come, then you say, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. The God of the universe. I'm not God. He is. I don't have to worry. He's got it. He's got to be the one. In fact, you know what? He's God. I've got an interesting idea for you. What if we let God worry for the things in our life? Because we can't do anything about them anyways. What exactly are we going to do? I mean, if a big, creepy spider crawls on my wife tonight while she's sleeping, she's not going to know anyways. So she doesn't need to worry about this big, ugly, hairy spider crawling across her face while she's asleep. Right? But how often in our life are we worried about things that we can't actually control anyways? Well, guess what? You're not God. You don't have to control it. So you can give it away. You can give that power to God and let him be God in your life and say, I'm just going to do what I'm called to do. I'm going to be one crying in the wilderness. If that's what it takes, prepare the way of the Lord. Give it to God. Know your identity. John the Baptist. But then we look in the next few verses and we see Jesus. Verse 29 and following says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have been borne witness that this is the Son of God. When you think of Jesus, you think of a, a kid that grew up in a similar situation to a lot of other people in his day. But he had an understanding of who he was. And in this moment, I believe there couldn't have been a much better situation than to go and to say, I need to be baptized and to have heaven open up and the voice of God speak out and the, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit descend as if a dove or like a dove. Like what a crazy moment. But I don't think he was struggling with his identity. The Lamb of God, I believe this was here in this moment for us. For John to realize. Now, John, they were cousins. Like, he knew him. He knew, he knew who Jesus was. But all of a sudden, there was a realization that he's not just my cousin. He's not just a friend or someone that I hang out with, maybe. No, he's a whole lot more than that. This is the Messiah. And why? Because God spoke into John's heart that John should go and do what he's doing. And in the process of John being obedient, guess what? God showed up and did what he said he would do. The Holy Spirit, he descended. And he said, this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. My cousin is the Messiah. Like what a crazy moment that had to have been. 
But Jesus, the Lamb of God, that's his identity, that's who he was, that's what it was all about. The perfect sacrifice. This was a big statement in their day. This included the Passover lamb during the Exodus, the sin offering required by the law of Moses. This was huge. This is Christ being the ultimate sacrifice for sin. The people in their day would either receive this or really, really not like John. But he's, it's either crazy talk or this is the Messiah. It's a situation that they're in. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world, shows up. Holy Spirit descends from heaven. The voice of God speaks out. Jesus knew that he was the lamb, the ultimate sacrifice and the Messiah. But the question is today, do we know who Jesus is? And not, and yeah, we just read it. Of course we know. We're in church or maybe this is your first time. Maybe you're like, actually, this is the first time I'm hearing this, which is awesome. If that's you, we are so happy that you're with us. There's nothing better. We believe in the word of God. My question for us isn't whether we've heard the words, but is that actually how we live our life? Do we actually stand on the truth? We know Jesus knew who he was. He went to the cross. He died. He rose again. He ascended to heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Like, we know these things from the word through history. Like, amazing. But do you, do I truly understand? Do you and I, do we live our life in a way that the Jesus isn't just something that we come and celebrate on a Sunday morning and we sing some songs and maybe we do some team stuff and maybe we give some money and we do some really awesome stuff and we feel good about it. Is that what this is? Or do we live our life in the manner that we truly understand that Jesus isn't just some gathering we do or religious thing that we're a part of, but he is truly the Lamb of God. He truly takes away your sin and mine. He has truly set you free, which means when I say that anxiety can't be here, guess what? We can mean it because it's not us, because we can't do that. We can't make that happen, which means that when I feel those anxious things, thankfully, I don't have to deal with them myself, but we get to offer them to the creator of the universe and let him walk that path with us. He gets to help us and guide us. He might show us a way or some people or encouragement. How do we overcome? He might use people or situations. It's not me, it's him. Lord, thank you that I'm not alone. I don't have to do this by myself. Thank you. Thank you that I don't have to raise my kids by myself. Anybody? Woo! Raising kids is tough. Fine arts is fun. It's easy. Like the kids are doing stuff. They're using their, their talents for the glory of God. Uh, I mean, I see Gideon up here. He's always a little bit difficult. But the rest of them, like super simple. Like we get to have just a wonderful time. We love, we love the goad down here. He's awesome. But you know what? I feel pretty confident that if I, since I used you, Gideon, we're just going to keep. I pretty feel pretty confident if I asked his parents, they'd be like, sometimes I need some extra grace in the house. Sometimes I need a little bit of extra spirit in my life. If you have kids, all of us, we need a little extra spirit in our life. I want to tell you something. If I realize this isn't me and my own power and strength, it's not me. I see some babies being rocked in the house. Like, it's not only me. God is with us. He helps us. He walks with us. He goes before us. 
you're going to make it because it's not you. We get to walk in the power and the identity of our Savior that he calls us to be sons and daughters. And when we get baptized, that's just a part of it. Lord, I understand that you are so awesome because me getting in a bath in front of a couple hundred people, that doesn't do anything. But me giving my heart and my life and then telling the world about who you are, and sharing that my identity is not me, but my identity is going down underneath and, and giving everything just like Jesus died for me in the way I can. I'm going to go under that water and tell the world it's not my identity any longer. It's his. Church, there's something powerful and special and real that takes place when my identity is truly found in the God of the universe. If you want to be freed, if you want to have that spot filled in your life, you can't do it on your own. No matter how many kids or how many cool things you have or how big your house is or how nice it is, how good your yard is. Like, I love a good, good yard. But guess what? That doesn't fill any hole in our heart. Lord, if I step into who you are, it's the only thing. And then my yard is going to be more fun because I've got the whole field and I can have a nice yard. Like, that's good. Praise God. Let him, let him bless you. That's amazing. But Lord, it starts with you. It ends with you who you are in my life. It's what it's all about. And it all comes down to John, uh, Jesus, and us. Today, do you know who you are? In Matthew 28, I love this portion. I've used it a couple times recently because I just feel that we must know as the church who we are. We must know what we're called to. We must know what our identity is. We must know why would I want to be baptized? Why would I want to walk with Jesus? Why does it matter? The Creator welcomes us into His family, which is crazy. It's crazy. But He welcomes us. He desires for us to worship him and to live our lives in a manner that's worshiped to him. And then he called us when he was about to ascend into heaven. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And we can know that our identity is not in the stuff we talked about. It's not in my health. It's not in anything that is here. My identity is in Lord. I'm going to serve you. My identity is in forever. Forever. That eternity, eternity, the end of the age. My identity is in walking with Jesus Knowing him and realizing and knowing and believing I'm called, I'm authorized, I'm a disciple, I'm a baptized and I'm going to be a baptizer, I'm going to obey and help other people obey and I'm never going to be alone. It's what he calls us to and that our whole life should be pouring, Lord Jesus, how can one more person come into relationship with you? How can one more person see you? How can one more person ex experience you? How can one more person... One more person. How can I disciple somebody? That's your question. How can I do that? In their day, a rabbi, they didn't just like come to church and do things, but you were with them. The goal was that you walked with them. You kind of became a mini them. You became like them. That's what discipling is. 
And I want to encourage, we must be people that not only, although we need to start in our home with our own children or the people in our house, but how can you get somebody on the path with you? How can you get somebody that you got to eat with? You share Jesus with. Maybe they don't know the Lord yet. That's cool. That's even better. Get them before. Let them walk the journey with you. Walk through the difficult moments, the difficult time. Walk through. Share what God is doing. Have Bible study. It doesn't have to be some group thing, you and somebody. At lunch. Hey, you want to go get lunch? This is what God's showing me. Let it be a, a continual thing in your life. How do we walk that journey? First starts realizing, Lord, you are big. You're better. You've got it. You know. And I'm going to be a discipler. Just as I'm being discipled, I'm going to do that and pour into other people. When I think of baptism, baptism isn't about the water. It's not about the, what actually happens, but it's about what it shows in your heart. It's about once and for all, the world is going to know that I am a follower of Jesus. It's about once and for all, I'm going to obey him no matter what it takes, no matter what it costs. I'm going to give him all. My identity is no longer who, and I, who I was because that's dead. That's gone. I don't have to worry about it. Jesus isn't worrying about it. And I'm going to let everybody know. I don't worry about that. And I'm going to proclaim who he is and let the world know my Jesus and let him know that I love him. And I believe it's something that needs to be a continual thing in our life. Not that we get in the baptism, the, the baptismal, but that I let people know consistently whose I am. My identity is found in the Lord. And that means when things that are difficult in my life happen, I have a sickness or I lose a job or something just doesn't work right, or I get in a wreck, you know what? That's not that big a deal. They're tough, they're hard. But when I know the identity that God has, He's going to walk with me through every situation. When I understand what a church is, that we're going to have people that are going to walk through those situations, which means I don't have to worry about that stuff. My identity is in the creator, the one who made me. He's got me. He loves me. And today, church, he loves you. You're called. You're authorized. You're a discipler. You're a baptizer. You're an obeyer. And you're never going to be alone. And that is what water baptism is all about. And I want to encourage you that over the next couple of weeks, there's opportunities this Mother's Day and one week from today. If you have a child, a young child that's not been dedicated to the Lord, and you say, I need to do that. Maybe they're a little bit older, but you came into the church. You say, I, I need to dedicate my children to the Lord. Just like Jesus was. We're going to dedicate them on Mother's Day. You can sign up at Radiant.Family. It's just a, a thing to say, Lord, we dedicate our child. And we're going to pray and dedicate you to the Lord as parents. We're going to pray and dedicate this church as an extended family that we would help raise those children to honor the Lord. And two Sunday mornings, we're going to baptize a bunch of people, however many of you sign up. And if you have given your heart to the Lord, or maybe even between now and two weeks from now, you give your heart to the Lord. I want to encourage you, sign up. Let's make it happen. If you've been a part of this church or church for 30 years and you were never baptized, there's no time like the present. Let's get it done. Let's take that step. Let's follow the Lord. You can sign up. We would love to have you join us to tell the world where your identity is. Before we close this morning, if you've never given your heart to Jesus and you feel him calling you, 
tugging on your heart. The word today, Jesus came. He died for our sins, the ultimate sacrifice for all the junk that we've done. And every person in this room has done plenty of it. But he pours his grace and his mercy and his love out upon you. It's amazing, but all we have to do is ask him, Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? Be the Lord of my life. I repent of the past, of the things I've done, and help me to live for you. You can make it in your own words. Maybe today you're in the house and you've been a follower, but you're not walking with him. No time like right now to give your heart to him one more time. He loves you so, so much. That human video that Gabby did earlier, the heart of a, a mom for her, her daughter, for a kid. God's the perfect, perfect love. His love for you is so much more than we can imagine. He doesn't care what you've done. He just wants to welcome you in. And I would encourage you to spend just a moment in your own seat, right where you are. Give your heart to him. Ask him, speak in the way you can, and he welcomes you. And it says that all of heaven rejoices, in fact. Maybe you're just seeking, you're not sure. You can know that you don't have to be here at Radiant Life Church to ask him to be Lord of your life. You go home today and he speaks to you, anytime is good. Anytime is good. Don't miss the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So Lord, this morning we're so thankful, Lord, that our identity is not us, it's not our stuff, it's not in our good looks or our Instagram likes or whatever stuff that never brings fulfillment, but our identity is in you, the God of the universe. You gave it all for us and we're so thankful. And I pray your church this morning would leave encouraged, built up, God, in who you are and what you're doing. Lord, let us be your hands and feet. Let us identify in you and what you have done, not in our past, not in what our experience has been or what we've felt before, not in what we've struggled with, but God, in you and your grace and your mercy upon our lives. Lord, I pray your anointing over each one in this room to be your hands and feet, to go share the goodness of who you are. And Lord, I pray for some that this call to follow you in baptism, Lord, I pray that they would just simply say yes. They would simply say, this is the time. Lord, let us all turn every part of our lives over to you. Holy Spirit, would you guide us this week? You're in everything. You give us and help us walk in, in the identity of who you are and who you have us to be. So help us do that this week. We are so, so thankful. And we love you with all we are, Jesus. We love you. We give you everything. You're so good. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. Before you stand up, I want to remind one more time, two weeks from last night, 5 o'clock to 8 on the 14th, is just a Rad Fam thank you open house. And we want you all to come to our house. We're going to have games and fun and food. It's going to be a blast. And I want to invite you to do something right now. Very important. Everyone, could you get your phone out of your pocket or your purse? Get it out. Pull up your calendar and put in there. Rad fam, thank you open house at Pastor Chris's. More information, address, all those things will be coming out. It'll be on social media, different places. But please put it in your calendar. We want you to join us. If this is your first week, come on out. If you've been here for 30 or 42 years or however long it's been, come on out. We're going to have a blast at my house just hanging out. 
And at the 55 of each hour, 555, 655, and 755, we're just going to have a five-minute vision moment with Pastor Rachel and myself. And we would ask you to come and at least be there for one of those hour blocks or that five-minute period. But also, you can stay the whole time. You can join us for the whole three hours. We're going to have a good time. And then you can just plan. We're going to have a fire. We're going to have some fun at night. You can join us to stay as long as you want. And when Rachel and I want to go to bed, we're just going to go inside and lock the doors. You can stay actually as long as you want to. And uh, it's going to be great. So the 14th of May, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Hope you can join us for the RadFam Thank You open house at our house. We're looking forward to it. But right now, Party with the Pastors is about to kick off in the glass room out front. So if you're new with us, please join us. Pastor Rachel and I, we would love to get to know you. If you've never been to a party with the Pastors, don't miss it. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Party with the Pastors begin right now.